We have to listen to the fans, and this really relates to the fan culture. How do we do it? We listen, and we don't come up with the ideas and push down. It kind of pushes all up here. How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to Season 2 of the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast from License Global. Hello and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm B.B. Wardak, Content Editor at License Global, here with McKenna Morgan, Digital Editor at License Global. And today we are delighted to be joined again by BioWorld Merchandising's Jennifer Staley and Beth Taylor. Jennifer is Vice President of Licensing and Beth is Director of Licensing and New Business at BioWorld, a leading licensee that manufactures high quality products spanning several categories. Jennifer and Beth, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you for having us back. Yeah, we love this. This is so much fun. We are so happy to have you. So last time we spoke, our listeners got to get a little taste of BioWorld's fandom forever approach. And today we're hoping to dive a little bit deeper and discuss the elements of your phenomenally successful approach. Um, And McKenna is going to kick things off today. So how do you build a corporate fan culture like the one at BioWorld? Well, the Powering Fandom video that uh, we sent you, it's really all about empowering employees in every department across every every brand right um sales it our licensing team operation you know no matter what role you are in the company or what job title it is you really want to be a part of something bigger like anyone can have the next big idea and can make it happen the only real requirement is passion that's true. And, you know, we really want to foster an atmosphere of teamwork here. Um, that's really important to us. And when we, when our teams are working together and collaborating, the fan culture just is it's organic to them. It's it's a natural response. Right. And, and when people are working in an environment where they have interests, they're happy. And when they're encouraged to talk about their interests and their interest factor in decision making, that makes them really feel a part of something and take ownership. That's very true. Absolutely, and taking ownership and passion and teamwork ties into everything. So when looking at BioWorld, we wanna know like how far back does this fan culture go? Was it inherent from the start of the company or was it like, did it evolve and was it part of the evolution of the company? Yeah, it's re- it's really part of the origin. Um, Raj is the CEO, he founded the company. He's a big music fan. And so the initial licenses that he signed were music licenses. He saw a gap in the market and he started signing music licenses and making headwear. And it just evolved from there. The different genres and the content expanded. And along with that, our categories expanded. So initially the company was called Biodomes. You know, once we started adding on categories, we changed the name to BioWorld. So it could really encompass all of the categories that we wanted to work on. And the fact that we're a global company. So it, it all came together. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is, is, you know, Raj was one person at the time he started the company, right? He identified that one bit of white space opportunity. Now we're over 500 people and growing. You have a 500 people pop culture army 
coming up with ideas, endless amount of ideas. We have to figure out the timing of all these ideas. And on top of that, the fandom is is, a, is across all of those people who have joined him since 1998. And then in addition to that, obviously, we're following that fan. So we have omni-channel distribution capabilities. You need to have it to, you know, really connect with this fan in this day and age. Absolutely. And music, as you guys know, as that was the original category for BioWorld, there's so many categories, there's so many diverse fan groups. So with so many varied fandoms in pop culture, how does BioWorld ensure that they have experts for each major type of pop culture fan group? Honestly, the fans come to us. BioWorld is really aspirational for all these fans. They get to nerd out every day. If you watch the video, Price, our programming manager, really talks about how when he was growing up, his mom was a bit concerned because he watched so many cartoons and so many <laughs> movies. Like she was like, oh my God, what are you going to do and with the your video life? Games. And video games. Yeah. Right. So what is he going to do? But you know what? It's paid off for him. And he says in the video, this is the only place it could possibly pay off firewall i get to nerd out every day and those stories you can hear from all 500 people in this company we hear it all the time from our staff that this is the only job that could possibly exist where they get to work on things that are they're passionate about that that interests them in their personal life and all moms are worried about their teenagers oh video God. gaming but don't worry it all comes together yeah i had a friend say to me you know i always when i talk to her I say, okay, let me put Andrew on so I can find out what he's playing. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so worried. I'm like, when he's 18, Apple <laughs> call me and we'll set him yeah. up with an internship. There's <laughs> not gonna be a problem. She She's so concerned that gaming's going away. I go, it hasn't, it didn't even in our generation. It's oh, going yeah. nowhere. So you talked about how like you reach out to the fans, but does the company culture impact how you reach out to consumers via channels like social media? Absolutely. The demographic we're attracting lives on social media. So we're living on social media. We have a ton of content on Instagram. And then even more rewarding is the content that we're seeing that's inspired by the licenses that we work on and the people on TikTok wearing our product. That's when we get really excited to see the uh, the social media reflecting back right. and showing us what we've done so we because our products are so popular and they're making TikTok, it's it's really organic the way the approach is happening and our team is so in tune with what's going on they are on the pulse of anything and everything happening. As a matter of fact, when Godzilla versus Kong moved their date from May to March, I was notified by someone internally before the actual <laughs> client had the chance to wow. notify me. I mean, I was like, I got, and then I thought, this must be fake. So I sent it to my, my partner. I said, is this real? They're like, oh, yeah. It just happens. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. The information's immediate. It's it's unbelievable. I know. Social media is just, um, especially TikTok in 2020 and 2021, oh, like, it's just so big. It's so huge. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, when you get to see some of the things they're doing with our properties, it's so rewarding it's and satisfying. And I think our team even finds it very inspirational because it's product that they work so hard on getting the development done. And then the clients always feel so excited when they see how our efforts together pay off. 
Absolutely. So aside from social media, how has the company culture at BioWorld impacted the day-to-day process of how you work with your licensing partners? Well, every day, everyone, as I said, is empowered to do something great with our partners. And the energy in this building and the passion and commitment that we have is contagious with our partners. Our partners give us a lot of information about where they want to go with their brands, but a lot of times they're asking us, can you redraw this? What assets should we use? How should we do this? How should we do that? And that is just such a great energy to know that we're doing something positive for fans everywhere when things are just crazy out there. It's like a getaway. Like it's like the perfect storm working right. here. Well, you know, when you when you walk in the door to work or you log on to go to work and it's fun, then you can really leave the craziness of the world behind. That's a really healthy career space to be in. And, you know, with collaboration, you know, they're having fun. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really important. And in the video, Chelsea talks about how rewarding it is for her that she is able to give back to the fans because she's a fan. And I think that really sums it up perfectly. Yeah, I mean, we get to deliver happiness to the fan. I mean, we're the happiest part of their day. So while we're working, we're happy too. As you should be. Delivering happiness to people during a time like this especially is incredibly important. So like what merchandise collections and key products would you say were like fan favorites in 2020? What do you think brought the most happiness? I don't know that there's any one thing. We definitely experienced that the gaming collections that we launched last year were very successful and had great consumer reaction. Um, Without a doubt, people were home playing video games. We immediately saw that with our Animal Crossing collection and then, you know, Minecraft, Roblox, Sonic, PlayStation, just to name a few. The All list goes on and on, yeah. Yeah, the list goes on. I mean, people are playing a lot of video yeah, games. And, you know, yeah. they have time to stream and yeah. anime is not, is on, you can find it in more places, right? So, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto are favorites everywhere. And mm-hmm. My Hero Academia, which is a newer title, really broke the ceiling becoming the number one anime in the genre. And then we introduced um, collaborations with Sanrio and Naruto that the fans just love. The Dumb Good Sanrio collaboration was one of our most successful product launches ever. And I mean, my daughter went on to Dumb Good and ordered every single piece. (laughs) Lucky she she got it while she could. Uh, Yeah, you know what? She learned her lesson because she wanted to get Jurassic Park on Dom Good and, and it, it blew out, out like in like 45 <laughs> minutes that when she asked us the day when that Sanrio collection was going to be on so she could be like at her computer waiting she knew the time of the launch because we do launch at like 3 30 in the yeah. afternoon and she waited and she had mom's credit card and <laughs> boy oh boy was she excited yeah my other favorite because it's really nostalgic is the Blues Clues collection we oh, launched yeah. last yeah. year yeah, yeah it really it's a, to that adult consumer yeah. they all grew up with yeah. those clues so that and, that was a big win yeah. and another big win too is you know on itsuka we we launched gundam and this has been a longtime fan favorite it's been something that's been what on my list since i started here 
Um, and, and never available it in the US. It was never before. available in the US. So that was truly amazing. And then I don't want to forget about Godzilla, what we did on Heroes and Villains. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing. So, yeah, absolutely. You've had amazing programs around anime. Your Sanrio launches, amazing, amazing, a thousand percent. These are. These are really fan-driven, great properties that you're working with. Related to products specifically, what products are you innovating to support your fandom forever approach in the future or now today that you can announce? You know, we've got a a huge focus on categories and the comfort and wellness, you know, categories, products in those categories, Um, you know, for obvious reasons, right? People are dressing more casually, sweatsuits and joggers um, have never been more popular. You know, the headwear category prior to 2020 had really leveled off now that people aren't spending a lot of time or money doing their hair they're putting on a hat before. i mean everyone caught on to <laughs> yeah. my secret i mean i don't know i i i was always buying headwear i have like a hundred hats in my closet yeah, but don't turn on your zoom camera unless you have a hat on exactly i mean and in, in this day and age you know you get to walk out in your pajamas and people don't know you're in pa- your pajamas it's yeah. awesome so between yeah. the the sportswear hosiery oh yeah the, the socks i mean who's wearing shoes in their house anymore right. i'm wearing big fuzzy socks that we make absolutely i know some people probably can't even remember last time they put on shoes oh yeah (laughs) not in the house (laughs) absolutely you're absolutely right we we spoke a little bit about the athleisure boom in athleisure has obviously been huge since 2018 2019 and 2020 when we were with stay-at-home measures it absolutely exploded so yeah and it's not stopping going into 2021 it really is not and you can really even see that not just in our pop culture fashion you can even just see that in fashion in general with all the different fabrications that they're they're using i mean you see women in like sweatpants with high heels mm-hmm. you know I mean that's if you watch the runways it's well so- that th- this is also an interesting place where we can incorporate um, sustainability we've done a lot of R&D oh, yeah. good, on good recycled mm-hmm. and sustainable fabrics and um, production processes and so it's a great place to merge that sportswear trend with a sustainable yeah. um, culture so has the slowdown in TV and film productions in 2020 impacted what kind of brands are on trend this year? Because obviously everybody's kind of sitting down in that athleisure watching TV and everything right now. But there are a lot of properties that have slowed down or not kind of doing their production right now. Um, so new seasons aren't coming out as much. How are you guys handling that? Yeah, I don't think um, it's necessarily impacted our the licenses that we've, we're working on. It's really impacted where that consumer is experiencing exactly. or viewing that entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not in the theaters; they're streaming it. Yeah. So that changes. Um, that changes our timeline yeah. for sure and it changes you know how we how we're connecting and when we're connecting to that consumer yeah i think the studios were really smart they saw this thing coming i mean just just from my experience with the godzilla versus kong release first it was supposed to be in november 2020 then it got moved to may of 2021 then they finally announced march 31st 2021 doing it on hbo max in coordination with it also being in theaters. And I think that's a really smart approach because we are changing the way we're reviewing content and connecting with content. It's good to see them, you know, moving yeah. and becoming more modernized. The content's in that sense. not changing. Yeah. The, viewer, the way we view it. Yeah. The viewing is changing. 
Absolutely. And Jennifer and Beth, one of the things that BioWorld is really known for and renowned for is your adaptability and how much you change, how quickly you adapt. You had wonderful face mask programs and um, different programs to adapt to what happened in 2020. And so much has happened since we last spoke. So in hindsight, when you look back on 2020, what can you reflect on and what didn't you know then that you know now that would be helpful for our listeners to, to kind of take into account? Yeah, it's not what we didn't know. We knew e-commerce was going to become a much bigger piece of the business, and we were already in position for it, right? We have the print-on-demand machinery. We have warehouses with inventory. We warehouse blanks, right? Right. We have our direct-to-consumer brand sites. We're prepared. We have a big Amazon store. We're prepared to fulfill retailers.coms, right? But we did not see it moving as fast as it did. So, you know, we were running at 150 miles an hour and then it was like a thousand miles an hour. Like, that's <laughs> what we weren't expecting. I mean, I was like, I'm out of breath from this <laughs> running game, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely the shift, the, the, you know, the size of the shift that took us by surprise. But you know what? We're we're an agile group and we pivoted. And It was the now, most fun we've ever had, actually. I think in my full career, and I don't mm-hmm. know what you think, Jen, I think like this has like been the biggest, fastest shift I think we've ever experienced. We like to hustle. I love it. So it gave us an opportunity to hustle. I'm and snapping my fingers yeah. and I'm hustling. <laughs> We love it. We love it. I think I think that's so that's so cool of you guys to say because so many people they work really well under pressure when their backs are against the wall and they have to kind of just like make it happen. And BioWorld's a perfect example of we that. Love that. We we live for that. We can tell definitely. You guys have <laughs> you guys have like been so drama. successful through all of this, but what is BioWorld doing to prepare for the future starting from 2021 and beyond? Because obviously things are rapidly changing still, and we're kind of looking out to the future and seeing what else is going to change. How are you preparing for that? Yeah, we're we're making very rapid changes in order to keep up. You know, as a result of this really big shift to e-com, we are expanding our warehouse operations um, and going into a new facility that's going to give us room to grow. And that's really important that the new um, facility is going to be dedicated um, specifically to our e-com fulfillment. So it's completely state of the art and it's going to have capacity for over 30,000 unique SKUs to be held in stock, you know, prepared to ship against all the D2C sites, the retail coms Amazon. It'll fulfill all of those um, e-com orders. It's like 125,000 square feet. Yeah, oh. that's absolutely right. So that's that's a big commitment on our end to make sure that we're prepared for growth and for the future because we don't see, you know, it's shifting back and we only see it growing more. And, you know, along with that comes, you know, a really big investment in technology. Within that facility, we also have the print-on-demand production um, machinery oh, and yeah. staff. And, um, and that that's new really one. 
Yeah, that new the one new machinery is, is amazing. Is, yeah, it's completely state of the art. So we're ready and, and we've made a big investment to ensure that, you know, we're ready to grow the business. Wonderful. So you have all this great uh, print on demand technology, new technology. You have all this wonderful, fan- your Fandom Forever approach is so successful and our listeners really learned so much from our last talk about it. Um, but on a personal level, Jennifer and Beth, what are some of your pop culture fandoms you consider you, yourself a part of? You know, Beth and I will have very different answers <laughs> to this question. <laughs> I, um, I've i worked on the Harry Potter franchise for for. 21 years. So um, that that's really near and dear to my heart. And, um, and I'm a Slytherin. So you know, I, you know, I've got that going for me. But <laughs> best answer is gonna is gonna be a little different than so relating dramatic. to a license. Yeah, you know what? I, I live it, right? So I feel like I'm a fan of all fandoms. If you were to look at my travel schedule prior pre-COVID, you would have thought I was like a 17-year-old kid going from con to con. I mean, She's I went gone to, to every con. Every kind of con there has been from YouTube, anime, gaming, Comic-Con. I mean, I even worked one of our boots. Remember <laughs> Beth, that? Beth worked, oh my God. worked the... Um, the Lucas Pavilion at San Diego Comic Con. I loved it. I felt like I was in my lemonade stand that I always wanted. But the greatest thing, my greatest satisfaction is like watching the fans buy our great product. And at the time, it was interesting because we were selling these Better Built bags for $100. And when we pitched them to retailers, they're like, oh my God, that's too high of a price point. At the time, they were selling $29.99 bags. So they were, oh my God, you know, there was no Better Built in the market. But when we had fans walking by that booth and we were able to come back and tell the retail accounts, they all went after it too. And now everyone has better yeah. built. It was it was a great um, environment to to test some of the product that we really believed in to see if we could you know bring back data to the buyers and and it absolutely worked and I felt the thrill when I was at Pax West and they opened the show yeah. doors and the fans were it was like a wall of running fans. Oh, yeah. And I thought so you know, this is really exciting. Yeah. And I guess where my heart is, it, it my heart is really with anime. Um when I first started with the company and I'm gonna be going on nine years in July. <laughs> um but I've known these guys for sixteen. Um you know, they empowered me to come up with a business plan. You know, they didn't say, go do this, go do that. I went to my first AX, Anime Expo, which is the largest anime convention in mm-hmm. North America. I came back and said, that fan market is so underserved. That is where we need to go. And I looked at Raj and Jen and they said, okay. That's yeah. all they said to me. <laughs> and they just they just let me run. And honestly, it I was empowered to do something great and with them and with the fans here, I was able to do something great. That's such a great community. Um, We've had tons of great opportunities there and it's just been awesome. My hope is, is that everyone that works at Fireworld gets that chance and that's why we always listen to everybody's Mm -hmm. idea no idea is a bad idea we have to listen to the fans and this really relates to the first question you asked about our fan culture how do we do it we listen we don't dismiss anything and we Jennifer and I don't come up with the ideas and push down. It kind of pushes all up here. Right. The, you know, our teams, they bring the ideas to us and we empower them 
to take that idea and run with it. And, you know, there's a lot of, of pride in owning that project. And we want to make sure that we're encouraging that across, across our staff, because it's not just Beth and I and our, and how do we relate to the fandoms, right? It's how does everyone here at Bioworld relate to the fandoms and then what can they make out of it? And, you know, how can we get them there? Yeah. And the one other thing I would say that's really, really satisfying for both Jennifer and I is mentoring this great young staff. They have a ton of ideas, but how do they turn them into business strategies? And that's what I'm a fan of. I am a Bioworld fan through thick and thin, and I love, love, helping our young people achieve something great. Our Powering Fandom video really expresses that perfectly. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's our best video yet. Yes, and I just want to let our listeners and our viewers and audience know that that video will be posted um, before this podcast launches. So we will make sure that everyone has a link and can access that video. Um, it's very telling of BioWorld's immense successes and everything that you're doing. You're on the cutting edge. You're doing everything so amazing. And your fandom forever approach sets the gold standard basically for everyone, for all licensors, licensees, because you guys are tapped in where you need to be tapped in. And, and, and that's at, at the fan base right absolutely that's where it's at well i think that's a fantastic note to end on um this was a great conversation you two jennifer beth thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today it was such an insightful conversation and i'm sure that our listeners are going to love listening to it thanks for having us back we really appreciate it yeah i hope you invite us back for the three piece <laughs> <laughs> let's make it a four peat right <laughs> 15 bio world episodes in a, war- in a row yeah <laughs> I mean, but but that's the that's the great thing, right, McKenna? Like the, our listeners know that that BioWorld's being on the cutting edge of everything, being so adaptable, agile. They have so much insight to offer for licensors, licensees, retailers, and and so many other people that are that are directly involved in licensing or in an ancillary way and in, involved in licensing. So this discussion is going to evolve. We're going to continue to to talk to BioWorld and and as everything unfolds in our world, retail everything and kind of take things from there. So yeah, this conversation will continue, right, McKenna? Definitely. I don't see a way that it couldn't. So thanks again so much for taking the time to talk to us today, you two. Everybody who is listening, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or listen to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. And we will see you next time. Thank you all. Thanks.